All right, there's no question that today's podcast is the most different one I've ever done. But as my man Sean Archer said in Face Off, or rather as my man Caster Troy said as he was impersonating Sean Archer, when all else fails, fresh tactics. The nation is on lockdown because of the coronavirus. I'm here in Los Angeles where we've been living under something called shelter in place, which is a cutesy little way of saying we're all on punishment because we couldn't be trusted to socially distance on our own. So the government had to do it for us and we will have to go to bed without supper unless we do what we're told or get the coronavirus. The circumstances under which I'm doing this podcast aren't just unique because right now we're in a troubled disheveled state as a nation it's also because for the first time in jamel hill is unbothered history today's episode will be live streamed over instagram from the jamel hill is unbothered account which on instagram is just j hill unbothered follow it because i told you so this virus has had a significant impact on my personal and professional life everyone's life has been completely disrupted sometimes it just helps to vent uh, just to know that we're all going through it together. One minute I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to stop myself from gaining 20 pounds during this lockdown because I swear I'm in my refrigerator every 15 minutes. The next minute I'm trying to figure out if today is the day I finally put on my good sweatpants. I'm going to pull the love of my life, my husband Ian, into some of today's conversation because let's be real, a lot of us are locked down with our significant others, husbands, wives, partners, whatever are probably learning even more about those people those special people in your lives than you actually may have wanted to and they're probably sick of you you're probably sick of them uh anyway we're gonna get into kind of this weird relationship element that this coronavirus kind of forces you into so that's what today's podcast is about. Us all going through this fucked up experience together. Thanks to all those who joined the live stream. Thank you to my day ones, my day 20s, my day 70s, my day whatevers. Uh, thank you all for choosing to download this podcast today. I know things have gotten real out here, so I really appreciate the support. Uh, but no further delay needed. Coming up next, let's talk about that Rona. All right. I think we're finally live. Um, thank you all for joining me on this very special edition of Jamel Hills Unbothered, which is coming to you live from my home in Los Angeles. Thank you all on the podcast stream for checking it out as well. Um, but I thought this was a really good opportunity um, to give you guys a little bit of a peel the curtain back kind of look at how we do things here, but also, you know, to talk about some real shit that's happening right now. If you're wondering why I'm holding this silly ass microphone, this is because uh, after we're done here with the live version on Instagram, um, this will be in the regular Spotify podcast stream. So if you're already a subscriber, guess what? You'll get to hear this in its entirety um, on the podcast stream. And if you hear that little noise from time to time, that's because I'm doing this from my laptop. You know, again, we're not in the studio. You don't have the benefit of quieting certain things. And I know right now one of my podcast producers is probably losing their mind because they hear the sound from my computer. But you only hear the sound from my computer because I got to have the sound on. That's just the way that things work. But um, I can see all of your comments like you would normally on Instagram. So if you have questions, please keep these questions 
um, in mind because I'm definitely going to um, be answering some of these questions later on in the podcast when my special guest joins me um, and he'll be um, joining us in just a few minutes. But first, I have some things I wanted to get off my chest before we started going. I guess, first of all, how are y'all doing? Because I'm going to share with you how I'm doing. And while this isn't certainly the worst thing in the world, there could be a lot more dire circumstances. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there um, who are going through even realer shit than than most people are right now, because it's not necessarily the end of the world to be asked to stay your ass at home and, you know, just kind of try to maintain and live as normal of a life as you possibly can, but just live it from indoors. Uh, as for me, um, you know, business has come to a halt on a lot of fronts. Um, I am video conferencing, I feel like about 25 times a day. Holla if you hear me on these video conferences, because <laughs> it is a constant thing. I mean, I think I did three this weekend. And I normally don't do any over the weekend, but did three this weekend, um, just because, you know, business is slow, but it's also trying to keep moving a little bit, if you know what I mean. Um, so there, that was that part of it. Um, professionally, Hollywood has come to a halt. Um, obviously, everybody's talking about the, uh, the virus. So from a journalism standpoint, there's a lot of things and to be discussed and talked about there. As a matter of fact, one of those things, this stimulus package, which as I'm coming to you live is being um, voted on by the Senate right now, I think it failed the first attempt. And so they're going to keep working on a stimulus package that is supposed to uh, protect American workers also give a lot of corporations a huge ass bailout, uh, which I will talk about later on fuck it. I'm bothered because I'm bothered by many things I see in this stimulus package, because trust me when I tell you, it's not what you think it is, at least this version of it, hopefully a better version of it um, comes to pass. Um, so there's, you know, that part of it, the political side, the news side and all that. But then there's just like new day to day life shit that's become like the new normal you know, for a lot of us. Can we just talk about the grocery store right fast? How many of y'all out there have been to the grocery store, right? I'm sure a lot of you have. Some of y'all hoarded. I know it's some of y'all fault that we can't find no toilet paper anywhere and won't be finding any toilet, pa uh, toilet paper anytime soon. Um, thank God that, you know, I went to Costco before this happened. Um, not because I have some Miss Claire in me, but I just happened to make a trip to Costco and toilet paper was one of those things on the list. So that and some paper towels. And I just happened to get them. And I am just astounded by the fact that, let's see, I've been to three grocery stores in the last two weeks. Still ain't got no damn toilet paper. People, can you please stop buying all the fucking toilet paper up? You know, when it all goes down, when the shit happens, pun intended, what is that toilet paper going to do for you? I mean, I know everybody out there wants a clean ass. I understand this. But the rate in which you are buying toilet paper doesn't make sense. It literally doesn't make sense. I expected all the liquor to be gone. The liquor was fine. You could get plenty of liquor, but toilet paper, what? Okay, but that's a story for another day. So the uh, this past weekend, um, I went and got my hair braided. Don't worry, I stayed within the rules before y'all started judging me. Um, it was less than 10 people in the shop. And uh, here in LA, though we've been on lockdown for a while, as in the type of lockdown where only essential businesses were open, there was a lot of confusion about whether or not beauty shops, nail salons, barbershops could stay open. So I had to take a trip to Inglewood to get my hair braided. And, you know, I know that we've seen all these videos 
about how, you know, it's mostly like the white people out there who have been ignoring the social distancing because I've seen the, the footage. In fact, I saw some today from Huntington Beach. Everybody out there living their best lives. They on bikes and shit. You would never know it's a pandemic going down. All the beaches have been open and everything, right? So we have been in our minds fooled into believing that during the pandemic, this is only some shit white people are doing. Only white people out there hanging out. Look, let me tell you something. In Inglewood, you would not know it was a pandemic. We out there, as in we are out there. Um, when I went to get my hair braided, it's a barbershop that's next to the place where I get my hair braided. And that parking lot was on jam. Not just for folks in the barbershop hanging out or whatever, but also for people. I think after a while, a lot of us kind of go through a little bit of stir craziness and we just want to get outside. And we just want to have some kind of contact with people who are not in our house. And later on, I'm going to discuss the complications, especially for relationships that come when you are in the house with your significant other, partner, husband, girlfriend, sad piece. Actually, probably not a sad piece. In fact, if we think about it, don't you kind of feel bad for the sad pieces right now? Because they're being neglected in this trying time. Because like, how are you out here side piecing during the pandemic? If any of you have any thoughts on that, I would love to hear them because I think that's kind of one of those underrated storylines uh, that's out there. Um, so at any rate, uh, you know, kind of the thing that's, you know, happening again is that this social distancing, I think, is driving a, lo- a lot of people a little bit crazy. And so they're starting to think, you know, hey, maybe it's not as bad as you know, I've come to believe maybe, um, you know, I can still get out there and socialize the way that I want to. And so when I saw all these people at these at the barbershop or rather in the barbershop parking lot, I was crying like, OK, so that's what we do in here. All right. We just not even paying attention um, to the pandemic at all. But nevertheless, while I was in the, the hair salon um, or the braiding shop, however you want to look at it, um, it's nice to know that you know, that some of us are out here still getting our hustle on despite this pandemic. And, you know, in addition to uh, toilet paper, one of the things I have not been able to find is ground turkey meat. Nowhere to be found. I mean, the meat struggle in general is real because there's a a Ralph's. uh, That's a I think that's a largely a California chain. There's a Ralph um, that, uh, Ralph's, that's like a couple minutes from me. And me and my husband went in there to check out Ralph's, uh, a couple weeks ago. And, um, wasn't shit left but beyond meat. I feel like vegetarians right now ain't struggling like the rest of us because all, all of that shit is right there beyond meat, all the vegetables. Cause you know, people went right for the processed foods. That's how it is. Um, and so it was crazy to see that there was nothing but beyond meat left. No chicken, no turkey, ham, no burger, all that gone. <laughs> all right. So we went to Costco, went to Costco. They had a lot more red meat, plenty of it. Right. And then no more ground turkey, though. Just none, none to be found anywhere whatsoever. I was like, OK, no ground turkey. Got you. So I'm in the shop and I'm telling the ladies uh, in the shop, it was like three or four other ladies there about how this ground uh, turkey struggle is real. And uh, <laughs> suddenly somebody says, because, you know, it's two things that are definitely happening at this point. One, you keep hearing that people have this secret cousin that's been working at the Pentagon this whole time. Ain't that 
ain't nobody got no damn cousin at the that's working at the Pentagon. All right. So anybody who starts any story with my cousin or second cousin or somebody I know who works at the Pentagon is lying. They do not have a cousin at the Pentagon or plug at the Pentagon. Not happening. So I'm telling them about, you know, my ground turkey struggle. And one of the women says that she got a plug on some ground turkey because her one of her girls, their boyfriend works at a grocery store not gonna say which one because i ain't trying to you know i ain't trying to rat on nobody or you know i don't want y'all detectives because i know how y'all can be uh, on social media y'all find somebody and be like oh i know that's such and such that's a little stomach ache that's his costco or whatever so she said that her girl's man worked at this grocery store and he works in uh, the meat department. And so the truck comes right into him. And so she was like, if you want some ground turkey, I can make that call and he can put you aside some packages and it just be $5 a pound. Y'all know I thought about that shit, right? I was like, damn, have we already reached a point where I'm going to be buying ground turkey off the black market? Like already? That's where we at right now? That ground turkey plug so she made the call because hell yeah i said yes because i wanted some ground turkey so she made the call but unfortunately my man was out you know he ain't had no ground turkey but she was like i got that ground chicken though i got that ground chicken i was like ooh, the ground chicken mm, that might work too because she said apparently you know based off his pricing menu right now it's five dollars a pound for some ground turkey and it's like six dollars for some chicken but not ground chicken but just like you know, some parts or whatnot, some breasts and wings, whatever, $6. I was like, what? So it's nice to know that all those habits, all those survival habits that, you know, black people kind of, we get clowned about a little bit, um, that if you grew up in the hood or if you grew up uh, in a challenging environment, if you were low income at some point, all that shit you learned in, this is your moment. Right now, this is your moment. To all the people who had to heat their homes and apartments with the oven door, with that open. This for you right now. This for you. But the best part was that they did tell me about a meat market that was not too far away from where the shop was. And they were only this meat market still open because it's a grocery store, which is considered an essential item um, or essential business rather. So if you're under one of those stricter lockdowns, you can still go grocery shopping. So again, stop buying all the damn to toilet paper. So I went to the meat market, got some ground chicken, grabbed some ground turkey, two pounds worth of each. And I was satisfied and happy. And especially in the, in, in, I think in different environments than what the ones I, that I'm in, like, I, I, I think the grocery struggle is a, just a little bit different, um, than it is in maybe more populated areas. Um, and so that was a good takeaway from that. But other than that, you know, I'm doing fine. Uh, I have a memoir that I'm working on right now. And so uh, this is this slowdown time is definitely good for book writing. And uh, those of you who are watching me live now on Instagram, if you have some observations that you have made during this coronavirus, feel free to share, be it at the grocery store or other essential businesses. And even if you've been out, one of these people who have been out there just kind of still living, still living the dream, not really caring about uh, what public health officials have had to say about this pandemic. Uh, I would love to hear your side of the story about why you trying to endanger the rest of us. Maybe it's a side I hadn't considered. I don't know, but I'd love to hear it. So if you're on Instagram right now and you, uh, you know, 
you have some thoughts that you want to share, uh, just let me know. So um, I mentioned I have a special guest, so I'm going to prime him up right now. You have seen him before on this podcast. This is his second visit. And I figure during this pandemic, especially to those of you who are in relationships and marriages, as I said, I know this is a particularly interesting time for you. So um, I thought I would bring in the person who knows me very well and uh, who has had to ride out this pandemic craze with me. And of course, y'all know, y'all could probably guess my husband. Of course, I'm going to have him on the podcast. So come on in, dear, and join me here on Instagram live. (laughs) Yeah, I kissed him on the gram. So we're sharing one mic right now even though on the gram it looks you a clean little... right <laughs> see how you do me no, you went to see the... <laughs> see how he does me see all love um but yeah we've been surviving this um pandemic together um and uh what have you <laughs> what are you, you reaching for? oh oh i'm sorry look at that see bit. he's he's tilting so y'all can see the emmy y'all see the the emmy flex in the background polite flex this is just to add a little more color to the ambiance here but um so I guess the first you know question even though we talk about this all the time is how have you been handling this pandemic sir it's been cool you know you're doing your book thing so you know I'm just kind of chilling by myself but the one thing I did notice and I feel guilty about it is like I'm living with a celebrity. You know, I got to call it what it is. You're a celebrity. I mean, people walk up to you and they do the coming to America. Like, I cannot believe it, you know, giving you hugs and stuff like that. So I feel guilty, like, sometimes when I get on you about, like, not replacing the toilet paper and stuff like that. Like, that's that's all right. I mean, that's that's stuff like that. Yeah, stuff like that. I do feel guilty. He doesn't feel that guilty. Don't let him fool you. It's like he doesn't feel guilty about telling me those things. And by the way, see, I do replace the toilet paper. I do. It's just. It, it took about four times for me to tell you about it. And you're getting better. You're getting better. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I've heard from people, mostly with kids. I haven't really heard a lot on the relationship front. But people with kids, man, I'm sorry y'all got to babysit y'all own kids all day now. Um and I bet you have a different appreciation probably for teachers than you had before. Um, but I've heard from a lot of people who have kids about how this time is like really driving them crazy. Uh, have we gotten close to or at all reached the point where I have started to drive you crazy? No, because, I mean, you do all your writing, you know. You're in here writing and, you know, you're doing your thing and I'm doing my thing. So we only get a couple hours at night, you know. You didn't have to make that sound so salacious. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you really like not really. I'm glad there's no side chicks available because you're really not giving me the time that I need that I require. But I know you're a businesswoman, so it's all good. He really did just say that. This is what I have to live with. You just got a preview of what that is. Well, no, I haven't. I mean, I can't say. Um, that I've noticed anything different about you. And you're right. I mean, I guess guess there are the people out there kind of a layout of how the day normally goes. It's like we wake up, we have breakfast. Um, you know, you work-wise, I mean, you've had a lot of conference calls in the morning. I've had some conference calls. So it's almost like we're both working from home. We're both at work. And we spend several different hours or, or several hours apart from each other, even though we're in the same house, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's kind of like normal. Like, this is our life normal when we're both at home, you yeah. know, for the most part. You yeah. know, it's just kind of extended. Yeah, no, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I usually am writing, like, five or six hours in a day. So we're doing all that. And then... um 
uh, or I'm doing all that. And then at some point I get out of this layer of this office and, you know, walk around a little bit and say hello to you. And then we talk or whatever. But the thing is, like, we watch different programs as well. So she can actually watch things while she writes. I can't do that. Like, I like silence. So she's watching The Wire. I am. So even if I wanted to kick it in here, I don't really want to watch The Wire. I've seen The Wire before. Like, I'm on All-American, and I'm watching a couple new programs. So that's another thing, too. But you you trying to put me on 24. Look, if, so, of course, I think there's a lot of people who are either, one, watching old things from a nostalgia standpoint, old TV shows, um, going through old series, or some of you are using this opportunity to maybe get up on series that you hadn't gotten up on before. And so one of the things y'all I'm trying to get him in on is 24. How many of y'all watched 24 when it was out? 24 was banging when it was out. So I'm trying to get him in this Jack Bauer hive. We're two episodes in on season one, but I feel like we're going to need to spend some almost Game of Thrones like time with this for you to get it. I mean, I'm trying to stay up all night. You don't want to like, you know, Again, you're against that. Um, well, one of the things is is we've always known that like we're really you know compatible. Uh, a lot of people say that can give you a false sense of security. I know is some people out there that probably may not be getting along with their significant mm-hmm. other uh, too well. So you know we were talking about the relationship stuff uh, in this pandemic. What would you say to people out there? Because I'm sure some of you guys. Probably, you know, it's probably been some arguments, but what would you say would be good guidelines to follow during a pandemic to try to get along during this time? If you don't like something, you need to say, hey, I don't like it when you leave food in the sink. You know, I feel like you're looking at me real hard right now. Let's just get our reality on. (laughs) Like, babe, when you rinse like a pot or. You'll pick like a little tiny speck in there. You'll be like, it ain't clean. I'm just like, all right, drill sergeant. But the point is, you got to like, people can't read minds. So you got to tell them what bothers you. Mm. You got to tell them. I'm bothered. (laughs) I'm bothered when you do this. I am bothered. Yeah, you can't. Fuck it. I'm bothered. (laughs) Well, I I do think that's part of it. Um, But in closed confinement, I think you do probably have to have more discipline to walk away from certain things. You know, I mean, not anything big, things that that may be issues before the quarantine even happened. Nothing like that. Nothing fundamental, I should say. But if it's like little stuff where the other person's kind of getting on your nerves and you you could feel that irritation, because a lot of us before we're fully irritated, like we feel it. We feel it coming. And so I think those are good opportunities to maybe, if you can, um, try to get some space from the other person. Go take a walk, go like... Um, maybe in another room like that's all good because that you know you know that may happen like when you know somebody eats all your your barbecue pork rinds one nothing else in the house <laughs> like one nothing else in the house yeah you can still go for a walk but i would say just it's okay to be silent like a, a lot of times people are uncomfortable with silence and i think it's all right to just like spend some time not talking and maybe just kind of collecting your thoughts and um, kind of being to yourself for a moment because that also will prevent some stuff. I mean, basically, when you when you cooped up, you got to learn how to let shit go. I don't think we by any stretch know everything, but I think, you know, we've been able to learn some things in these uh, these four months or so. Um, let's talk about the grocery store, hun. Because I was telling them at the beginning of the podcast about this grocery store struggle um, that's out here. It's real. I'm still confused as to why you picked up some Chef Boyardee. I like Chef Boyardee. I don't, I wouldn't eat it like 
you know, unless I had to. But, you know, you got sardines in there. Yeah, but sardines, I mean, I had those in there before the pandemic, though. Why? Because I like sardines. Sardines are good. Sorry. That's why I was telling people, hey, all those all those kind of hood habits that you used to have, feel free to resurrect them during this time. I feel like you're using this as an excuse to buy, like, bullshit. Like, you bought all crunch berries. You're getting crazy with it. You're getting a little too crazy with it. Um. Okay, mister. I bought a whole thing of cinnamon buns, cinnabons or whatever. I, I work out more than you, so I... <laughs> He was gonna say that he was you don't work out that much more than me <laughs> okay maybe a little bit more maybe like one or two days extra per week more okay we're gonna take a quick break um thank you all again for joining me for sticking through this we're all just learning on the fly in this new normal uh we got more to talk about about this rona um after the break and oh uh, just a quick little something i want to say uh if you notice that it sounds a little bit different in this next portion of the podcast, all I can say is technology. Don't worry, it's not bad, not a big deal, but uh, you might hear just to sound a little bit more hollow. That's it. So more on that Rona after the break. your friends doing uh with this pandemic that you've talked to i mean everybody is cool it seems like you know i have friends all across the the country and everyone is like for the most part still working a lot mm. of people are still working yeah uh what about your parents they're cool my mom seems like she's taking it too lightly i'm like my you in your 60s like hey this is real my dad is is on top of it my mom's going to be the bad kid. Like, you know, when you get older, your parents really turn into your children. You know, when you become the parent, my mom is going to be the bad one. She's going to be the bad kid. Mm, well, you know, what's, what's funny, especially now, and some of my friends have made this observation, uh, you guys know that that dynamic switches, right? So what happens is that, um, you know, as your parents get older, you know, you obviously are getting more mature, financially stable, all these other things. You actually become their parent. And so a time like this, I think you really realize kind of that relationship that, oh, it really has shifted because you have to ask them like, okay, did you do this today? Did you do that? Check on them the way you used to, um, they used to check up, you know, on you because I've been, you know, telling my father like, hey, uh, you, you know, you need to limit these little trips outside that you keep making or whatnot. And, you know, he's just like, oh, no, I got it, this and that. I'm like, nah, for people your age, this is an especially you know, vulnerable virus. Now, your dad, how's he doing? Because he hasn't posted a selfie on Facebook in a minute. Your dad, he posts the nicest selfies on Facebook. I feel like that was some undercover shade in my dad. <laughs> you know, that's one of those relationship go-tos that you can't do, by the way. You can't be... See? See? <laughs> No, your dad. Your dad think he like a bad chick on Instagram. Like he be putting, he be putting up like selfies like a lot. That's my boy though. He, he just got, he got my jokes. Dad a bad chick. On he Instagram. got jokes, so I had to hit him back with some jokes. Yeah, he does because he uh, clowns you about your singing. I feel like ever since my dad admitted to you that he wasn't good at basketball growing up. And you just have really taken that and have a lot of overconfidence when you talk about my dad. Look, everything is not a competition, Jamel. <laughs> <laughs> like, we compete. That's what we do in our relationship. We compete. Like, she's still mad that I sung at our wedding. And she didn't. She was scared or didn't possess the necessary skills. 
So I feel like that's something that you hang over my head. Something you got a little attitude about. Get over it, baby. Um, he did not sing. He said one line from a song. The crowd just so happened to join in. Jazzadelphia. Did I sing? Yes or no? I see. Chantre was there. <laughs> now, Bianca. Now you. They all saying what? Well, because like, they have no, no, no idea. No, it's delay. It's delay. No, because they all think that you're insane. Um, <laughs> as I said, if you guys have any questions. Um, you can fire him our way and we'll make sure. He's saying. You know it. That's probably one of your friends. I don't know my man. I don't uh, know my man. One of your operatives you didn't put in there. Uh, I'm asking somebody asking me about that receiving a franchise tag. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's an interesting topic like sports. Like, you know, you're an avid sports fan, sports reporter. You know, how do you feel not watching sports or what What have you done to, to get that fixed, that sports fix? Um, you know what? I have to say. Uh, I have missed the NCAA tournament. Like, that was a big thing. And especially, I was starting to get a good feeling about our alma mater. Mm-hmm. Starting to get a real good feeling about Michigan State. So, I have missed that part. Um, but generally, I think because since I left, left ESPN, the importance of sports has just taken on a different role for me now. Where I don't have to watch nearly as much programming as I did before. I watch the things I'm interested in. Don't worry about the things that I'm not. And so, um, you know, whereas before you don't get that luxury because you have to watch everything. So you have to be abreast of everything. But, um, you know, I I think I miss it mostly from a comfort standpoint, just knowing that it's on. Mm -hmm. Right. Knowing that it's available. It was like what I was saying to you about missing the fact that we don't have options anymore. You know, and so um, I just miss the fact that I can't go to. I miss the fact that the games are on. I, I the news today was that the Olympics are being postponed. And so that's kind of, you know, depressing. And they're just reminders. Their absence are just a reminder of the time, type of time that we're in. Do you miss it a lot? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. And I like the allure of not knowing the results. So sometimes if a game comes on, it wasn't a highly publicized game. Like um, it was Shaq against um, the Lakers for the first time after he got traded. I watched that the other day and I couldn't remember who won. So I watched the game all the way through. And then I remember at the end, like Kobe missed the three pointer at mm-hmm. the end of winning the game, and but Shaq had fouled out. So I don't know. It's like I like the allure of not knowing what's going to happen. So rewatching the wire would actually be cool because it's been so long. I kind of forgot, you know, what happened. Like I remember, like somebody just put Stringer. Like Stringer, I messed with the Barksdales. Like right. that was them was my people. By the way, speaking of Springer, Springer, uh, Stringer, and this whole, um, you know, and the wire watching. Rewatching The Wire, I have a completely different opinion of Stringer Bell. Completely different. Stringer should have got it worse. He wasn't shit. And that's just like, I, I mean, because it's little things you catch now that you didn't catch before. For example, like second, third episode in, yo, he was scoping D'Angelo's baby mama from jump. Stringer wasn't shit. And it's one thing if you just, you know, smash the baby mama just because it's available. Yo, he was straight up trying to replace D'Angelo as her man, as that baby's father. You taking it too far. What a dickhead, man. He was he was a fuck boy, straight up. Oh yeah, good. Kelly said it. Stringer was trash. He was trash, I think. But it was I mean, I believe in like gangsterdom. Like, and I feel like you get kind of soft with it. Like, when Wallace got killed, you was like, they didn't really have to kill Wallace. They had to kill Wallace. They had to kill D'Angelo. It was certain people that had to go. And I hated Omar. 
<laughs> well, I, my my love and affection for Omar still remain the same because he was true to the game. But Stringer, Stringer was just a lot of bitch shit, a lot of bitch shit. So um, it's been funny to rewatch that. But no, I don't I don't really kind of miss the sports. Um, I do think at some point, maybe we don't feel it now, but I think at some point we're going to feel um, the fact that Hollywood is, is, is shut down. I know already that there have been, you know, some conversations with streaming services that some of the things that were going to be in movies are suddenly going to, um, you know, be available on demand. But I think, uh, you know, I think that the, the after effects of this, we're feeling there's an immediate feel that we feel right now, but months from now, I think we'll feel, um, it will feel even differently. And I don't necessarily mean that uh, in a good way. Um, we did have a question that I want to get back to um, that popped up here on the Instagram stream um, from Miss Kelly Carter. Uh, and she asked, once this pandemic is over, what is the first restaurant or first food that we want to try that or not want to try, but that we want to have that we haven't been able to get during this lockdown? I think just being like at the mall and being around a whole bunch of people and just going back to doing something normal. That's what I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, I think, um, I, yeah, it's, it's sort of odd because I, I think a, a lot of us have just casually often talked about the fact like I don't really fuck with people, no new friends, you know, all that other stuff. But I mean, let's be honest, I think a lot of us kind of miss being around people or at least having the option to be around people. Um I think it would be great just to be able to get together with my friends, to be honest. Like, um, you know, I think uh, I know many of my friends are on this stream right now. And I would say, yo, we got to do an epic brunch. I miss the fuck out of brunch. Like going to brunch, you know, hitting up the spot at the Four Seasons. You know what I'm saying? That Four Seasons brunch, worth every dime. So I would say that I miss like being able to do that and be like, hey, y'all, let's like get together and, and just kick it. But also trips, you know, mm -hmm. I had like five trips, you know, that are in jeopardy or either canceled, you know, so it'll be cool getting back to traveling and, you know, just picking up where we left off. Yeah. Now, will you feel um, differently about traveling now than you did before? You think you can just immediately go back to normal? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think I'll be a little bit more cognizant just for the rest of my life as far as like washing my hands and wiping stuff down. Like it's like you just never know now mm -hmm. and stocking up on things. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I will approach the grocery store a little differently, not in terms of like bringing in the bullshit that I know you secretly love, but you'd like to shame me for. Because um, you gonna get a, I bet you before that box is done, you gonna get a bowl of them all, them all crunch berries. Not, he not will. working out. He right. will. <laughs> but no, I, um, I think because we've had to cook pretty much all of our meals, like we haven't ordered out, mm -hmm. right? So I think um, doing that it forces you to be a little bit more creative, and so I think it's opened my palate up a little bit more in terms of other things to try because you kind of have no choice but to try other things under this because you're trying to make make sure the food lasts you're trying to you know just kind of maximize so i think the grocery store habit is definitely something i think will be a lot differently um or be a lot different for me when this pandemic is over you're somebody that's in the know you do a lot of research and you just you know a lot of big people so <laughs> if you had kind to, of a big deal in <laughs> so if you had to forecast it when do you think we'll be back to normal if you you know mm. approximate date or just a guess um I got to be honest, um, and I don't mean to sound like Peggy Pessimist up in here, but I think that we need to settle in. And every time I see 
them saying that like, hey, it'll only be a, a few more weeks or, you know, putting an end date. People act like this has an end date and it actually doesn't have an end date. You know, it's a it's a it's a virus and they don't until the end date is when they get a vaccine. And with them talking about they don't know when that'll happen. I mean, I've seen some projections of 12 to 18 months. So I think while I won't I don't think we will always be on this kind of lockdown of like only essential businesses being open. I do think that some form of this is going to exist for some time. And we may even see a situation once there's more of a comfort level with people coming back to work and that kind of thing, where sports, for example, in the near future, you will have to see them with no no audiences, no crowds. I mean, I can see that being a real thing. I think about like airline, airline travel, mm-hmm. and, you know, certain things happen to change the way we travel where we have to take our shoes off now. We can only take three ounces of liquids, you know, and that all happened because something caused that. So, yeah, moving forward, I can see things being different as well. You know what you're about to see at the airport once, you know, people feel a little bit more comfortable uh, flying. You're about to see mad people who have, like, cans of Lysol. Like, Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see a different level of cleanliness from people going forward forever. Definitely. Like when people sneeze, I don't even say bless you no more. Like it's just, it's changed. It changed. It changed. It changed. It changed. That's what I do is that look. <laughs> yeah, because I think that like a, a lot of people now, and, and on the other end, because it, like it, it's a lot of us that we really would have just said, we, you know, a lot of us have been in this situation where we're, we're sick and we feel like um, we need to still thug it out, go to work, you know, that kind of thing. I think a lot of a lot of people provided that these corporations cooperate and start giving people sick leave. I think a lot of people will be much more cognizant of going to work sick. I mean, because the reality is that, um, you know, we see that that could have really awful consequences. Why are you laughing? No, somebody said, no, bless you. Ian. DJ Tar Heel Prince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Because. First, I don't know if any of you have had the experience yet of like sneezing and or coughing in public. Man, people look at you like they might beat your ass on site just for like something you can't necessarily control. But it's crazy because you cough a lot. You got this little cough thing that, that you do. And I sneeze a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's something that we're dealing with. <laughs> no, nah, baby. Like people really get mad at people out here. Um, so, we talked earlier in the podcast about, um, you know, people having... Um, you know, this relationships and how those dynamics change when you quarantine together. Let's talk about the single people, honey. You used, to, you used to be one of those. Single people, I ain't forgot. I remember that struggle. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up because I was talking to one of my boys and he said he got some newness the other day. And I'm like, what? Wait, like, you got you, some... Some new... Some new... Some newness. Yo, some new I, stuff. People... I, I was got... like, you, you, you went over there? And I think she came over to his crib. That's even worse, though. I probably... Oh. Oh, do you go over that house or you? I, I don't you you got to have them at your crib. You got to play a home game on that because you yeah. know yourself. But if you have them over to your crib, I feel like you got to limit them to the bedroom <laughs> or just one particular area. You know areas. I mean? Yeah, one particular area. Change the sheets, you know, everything that they touch afterwards. But yeah, I mean, that's a struggle for somebody single because it's like, do you or do you not? You know, especially if it's somebody you just met. Yeah. I feel like I need to pose this question to the to the group, to the class, to all of those watching right now. How many of y'all, be honest, be totally honest, how many of y'all are still getting some 
in this pandemic. I don't mean from like people you live with or whatever, or people you in a relationship with, but like how many of y'all out there get new stuff? Like how many of y'all still on Tinder right now? Ooh. Still on the dating app, meeting new people, even though it's a pandemic going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you say, Ed, mind your business? Oh, is that an admission, Ed, the celeb? Oh, she definitely, yeah. She definitely, <laughs> my, one of my boys was like, yeah, he, he met her on, um, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but I, other than, uh, you can't go out and meet people, so it would have to be like Tinder or something like that. But, yo, I have to say, I mean, I just have to, I just have to struggle. I just have to, it's just me and whatever was available. <laughs> I don't know, but it's like, you know, with a lot of the dating apps, you can choose the area. So I just would go for the more high-end areas. Like, I wouldn't date anybody, like, in the city of Detroit. It had to be, like, you know, like, somewhere in, like, the See rich neighborhoods. See how you do, y'all? See, what, you like, want to West Bloomfield? Yeah, I put the West Bloomfield. Don't act like zip, they can't be nasty. I put the West Bloomfield zip code in there and go after them. Yeah. <laughs> Look, anybody y'all know, especially y'all friends, if they body count go up during this time, you might need to have a talk with them, <laughs> for real. Now, would you would you risk? You said you would risk it if you were single. I don't know. I don't know about that. No, I'm thinking like, what about if I got infected with 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 the Rona? Mm-hmm. Would you just like quarantine me to a room, or would you just live life normal and just like I'm just gonna get it since my husband got it? Let me tell you the type of wife I am. I would totally. I would be just like uh, Idris Elba's wife did. She stayed with her man, so yes, we would just have it together. I know you would. I look better than him. <laughs> I would just stay together because I feel like I would get it eventually anyway. So what would be the point of having you in some separate room in the house or whatever? Nah, I mean, that's kind of that's a hard one because I wouldn't want you to catch it. You know, mm-hmm. they don't know everything about this disease. So, you know, if I had to, you know. Stick something through the door and like, hey, okay, you, we gonna end like, this conversation. No, I'm talking about like, no, I'm talking about a sandwich. Like to grab a sandwich. You so nasty. Yeah, by the way, um, I think you're getting Ed some action on here because I just saw a couple people at her because you don't put her business out the street. <laughs> She's oh, looking. Well, let me tell you about Jazzadelphia, uh, fellas, <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly Carter. Like, oh, oh, see. <laughs> All right, somebody just said, are there any public companies that sell sex toys? Because that might be a good stock to buy right now. I was thinking about Zoom and all these, you know, teleconferencing apps, but that's a good call. Good looking out. All right. Well, if anybody knows of some uh, uh, sex toy stocks that they would like to share to all the people watching this now, then, (laughs) hey, Kelly, by the way, somebody wants to know what's up. Jazz, don't leave the chat now just because he done hollered you out. It's all right. Oh, but on a positive note, like, seriously, people, get better at something. You know, take this time to read, self-improvement, you know, work out at home, different things like that. Yeah. No, that's good advice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get better at writing this book (laughs) for me. But there are... You know, I'm going to segment more of my day or at least a little bit more to where... I can maybe try to, you know, improve in a certain area. One thing is it has been good for us. It was a lot of like little tiny paperwork tasks that I had kind of neglected and put off. But being in this quarantine has forced me to deal with those issues. And I've been able to table a lot of things being able to to do that. Um, Oh, by the way, if y'all looking for, you know, single hookups um, during this Corona, I saw Tony in here. Tony, wave because I I believe you single. So there you go. (laughs) 
I see you, Twain. <laughs> oh, you on jazz? Oh, jazz. Okay. Oh, you know what? I hate you. Um, so many of you who listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you know, usually at the end of the podcast, I end it with a little version or a game called this or that. So I'm not going to cheat you. There will be a this or that for this podcast. And why are you looking at me with like me? that? Yeah, with you. Okay. Okay, but it will be different because this is sort of Rona related based off some of the things that, you know, we've kind of been going through and experienced while on this Rona virus. So um, are you ready for some this or that? Honey? I'm ready. You ready? Okay, because I feel like when you did this or that when you were on the podcast before, like you could have done better. You know what? One thing we didn't touch on is paranoia. Like this during this whole thing, like it seemed like your nose been red and it's about to run and you cough one time. Like I was like, Wait, why did you, like, you, you Why that? would you go get your hair did yesterday? Yesterday, like you didn't have to do that. But go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, look, I know one thing is I, first of all, I was within the law, the confines of the law. That's most importantly, I was, I was, and I brought back some meat, some meat that we like. I feel like I went out. I it was a slight risk. I got my hair done, got the braids done, because you know, as we see, we don't know when is the next time. <laughs> we don't know when is the next time one might be able to take care of you know certain grooming things. Oh, we didn't talk about grooming. Okay, before we get to this or that, this or that, we should talk about grooming a little bit. Yeah. Not gonna lie, y'all. I um today might have been the first day that I've actually taken a shower before noon. What was um what was Whoopi Goldberg name in the color purple? Silly? Yeah. Yeah, you was looking like silly yesterday though. When your bra- your braids was like the voice was holding on. Holding on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but I could have I would have thugged it out with you. Would you? I would have thugged it out with you. I got liners, so I can line my stuff up. You know, I I got clippers and stuff. All right. Well fellas, how y'all surviving without being able to go to um the barbershop. You're getting framed, beautiful. I'm cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you still, like, you, you're you still fine. Yeah, because I, 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 Some of y'all like, looking like Frederick Douglass. Yeah, so you, you and then unlike, I mean, you went a month without a haircut or really shaving on our honeymoon, so. Yeah, and then the question to the fellas is, the, like, the beard gang, like, y'all cutting it down? Because they said cut it down, right? Yeah. The coronavirus, they yep. said you should cut it down. It's a little safer. Mm-hmm. You cut the beard down. With the ladies, what I mean, what kind of struggle do the ladies <laughs> go through? Um, I probably haven't shaved my legs in a good week and a What? I haven't shaved my legs in like a week and a half. We don't have to talk after this. <laughs> you haven't noticed? Or maybe have you? And you just didn't say No, I hadn't even noticed, to yeah, be honest. See, that's the point. <laughs> all right? So it's all good. Um, haven't shaved my legs. Luckily, um, um, you know, I think for women, most of the stuff... With the the hair is complicated. It kind of depends on what you have, you know. Um, you know, shout out to all my sisters who got perms because this might you might have to get that uh, seven dollar box of dark and lovely. You might have to get you some Hawaiian silky uh, at the grocery store or something. So just to kind of make it through, or you can use this opportunity to grow it out and get wild because women we spend so much of our time having to look good for y'all ass. That we um, hold on, but fellas, like, I mean, we spending like, I mean, out here in LA, it's like 40 50 dollars for a cut 
And, you know, with black men and maybe some white men or maybe just my Latino brothers, but a lot of us get cuts every week. So that's $200 a month. So once we go through this, if you realize you can do something different or you just like having that extra money in your pocket, like it's going to change a lot. Nails. Nails, oh, that's a good look one. at this struggle here. Oof, these nails is awful because I haven't been able to go into the to the nail salon. So that nail struggle, that nail struggle is 100% real. But I mean, because y'all are saving money, you know, you could put that to something, right? Yeah, women saving money as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you wanted to be and live a perm-free existence, like now, now is your moment to live all this. If you women, you get tired of shaving everything. Hey, now, now might be the time. Um, yeah, Kelly said it best. Look, also from a business standpoint, maybe this has also taught people that you might need to have a mobile element to your job. Like if you're a mobile manicurist right now. You could get paid because you would have people lined up for you to come and, and do their nails, you know. So business opportunity, as always, um, uh, that presents itself during this time of pandemic. So, all right, uh, we're going to get out of here in a minute. But first, a uh, little game of this or that, that Rona edition. And I love the fact that we have nicknamed it. Is this Rona or that Rona? Black people. I just love us. We just come up with it. It doesn't matter. Uh, oh, by the way, real quick. Uh Kelly, just so you know, there's uh, somebody who said there's a lot of mobile manicurists in Atlanta. We need one in L.A. Trust me, you will get some business. But anyway, on to this or that. So first, this or that. Since you picked up that damn Chef Boyardee, SpaghettiOs or ravioli? Ravioli. Word? Better than SpaghettiOs? Hands down. I never really oh. messed with SpaghettiOs like that. Ravioli was always my joint. Is that what you picked up? Uh, yeah, ravioli. Okay. Um, milk or liquor? Liquor. You know, <laughs> black man. black people, you know, we lactose intolerant. <laughs> I don't know if it's just black people. I think once you turn like 25, like that milk, like, and I was a whole milker. I love whole milk, so. Mm. Oh, that thick milk. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. So liquor. <laughs> okay. All right. I would go with uh, liquor as well. Again, I'm, I'm quietly kind of impressed that the fact that the liquor sales have not, I thought for sure people would make a mad run on liquor. And a lot of other stuff has been left behind, but that liquor seems to be a bit of a of an endless supply. So, um, if I mean, I know we all have our phones or whatever. So this this question supposes that being in this pandemic, we only have one artist that we can listen to during this whole time. All right, so that's mm -hmm. the setup: Drake or Jay Z. Oh, oh. Oh, ho, ho, he got a larger body of work. And I think he can take me through. He can take me through. I don't know, but Drake take you through everything, through through partying, some emotions, uh, all that. But I had to go with ho. Mm, you went with ho. All right. Um, for me, it's going to definitely be Drake. Drake? I, lo I love ho. I do. But I feel like Drake makes more uplifting music. You know, like just, you know, just kind of got that little bounce in it. Uh -huh. And so we quarantine. You don't need to keep your spirits up. Um, and so I feel like Drake would be kind of a good remedy for that. Uh, supposing that you can only eat one of these two foods for the rest of the uh, pandemic. Chicken or turkey? Chicken. <laughs> so black. <laughs> Such a black yeah, answer. Yeah, Chicken. <laughs> uh, which fast food? Would you risk it all for? Um, would it be Chick Fil A 
Um, or Chipotle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you didn't even have to say nothing. Chick-fil-A. It was Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. So Chick-fil-A, you would risk it all for. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Chick-fil-A, they, they beating almost everybody. But McDonald's, people going to say McDonald's is nasty, but just think about the variety that they have. If you can only have one, one thing, one place... It's got to be like McDonald's or something that has a variety because, you know, you're going to get tired of eating the same thing. You know, with the the restaurants that had the main staples like Chipotle only serves certain things. Chick-fil-A is all chicken. You know, mm-hmm. McDonald's, they got chicken, fish, beef, um, whatever the riblet was. <laughs> uh, which was fried Ewok meat. But go ahead. Live your best life. Uh, another risk it all question. Breakfast places. You got to risk it all to go out in this virus for one. Would it be uh, Bob Evans or Waffle House? Bob Evans. Bob <laughs> Evans, I'm cold. Oh, that Waffle House. Am I, am I drunk? Like, going? Or if I'm, if I'm blowed? If you sober. If I'm blowed, I'm going to Waffle House. If I'm sober, I'm going to Bob Evans. Oh, my God. So, wait. Have you never had Waffle House sober? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, I had Waffle House. But it don't hit the same? Time. No, it don't hit as hard. <laughs> it don't hit as hard if it's like too early in the day, like Waffle House, like, you know, after midnight. Yeah, uh, I know everybody in Atlanta would probably, you know, they're going to clutch their imaginary pearls and be pissed off. But I also would pick Bob Evans. Now, if it was Bob Evans versus Cracker Barrel, totally take a Cracker Barrel mm, over Bob Evans. No, 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 no. I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. What is it? What's your thing at Bob Evans? What is it? Pancakes. The pancakes and sausage. Okay. Now, you know that you can get those. They just don't hit the same at like IHOP or... No, no, not the Bob Evans pancakes. Not like the Bob Evans pancakes. Now, what about you? I mean, you're... You have a lot of books, Mm -hmm. you know, super educated. (laughs) Sometimes. Emmy Award winner, you know. Here. So, would you choose a book or... A TV, books or TV? If you only, if you can only have one. <laughs> look at you. Um, I, look, I know we married and you call it we unbothered, but look, Bill, watch how you grab this microphone because you looking a little too comfortable grabbing this microphone. Right? I just want the people to enjoy our show. <laughs> See what I'm saying? See what happens when you get married? All of a sudden, everything is ours. If I had to pick a book or television. Um, I would probably, and I know, again, I know that this is, some people would think I would, you know, not be telling the truth there, but I would I would pick books. I really would. I would pick books. Oh, yeah, I don't believe you. I would. I would pick books. I mean, as much as, hey, I enjoy TV. I enjoy all that stuff, like everybody else. But, you know, somebody said books can't show video games. I don't play video games anymore, so I don't really give a shit about video games. I married a nerd, y'all. You did. Very smart. So I would pick books because, you know, what it does for the imagination, you know. Books allow you to think about things. Critical thinking, very important, very lost in this country. Just so you know. So I'm, I take it you picking TV. Yeah. All right. Final question for this or that. I get to ask it because I'm holding the mic. Okay. All right. It does say Jamel Hill is unbothered. I just want you to know. Right. Yeah, we changed. <laughs> we changed in twenty twenty one. One TV show that you can watch during this pandemic. Are you taking Martin or Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Oh, Martin, 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 hands down. Hands down. Yeah, yeah. I take Martin too. Even though we keeping it real about Martin, not every season was good. Those last two seasons. That's hard. I mean, that's Ooh. harder than you think. Because I mean, Will, Will had like. 
you know, you got the guest stars, you know, he had every attractive woman during that era on there. So that's hard. I don't know. And yeah, Martin did fall off towards the end, but ooh, that's a hard one. Yeah. I'm, I'm Martin off, you know, Martin, but once I think about it, maybe Fresh Prince. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Fresh Prince, they, it, it actually, a show for as popular as it, as it was, it's actually kind of underrated um, because they covered a lot of territory than I think most people, you know, kind of remember. Um, somebody asked me, why are Sopranos? That ain't even a question. It's going to be The Wire. Um, and yes, it is true. Really, if I could just take one, somebody brought up my, probably maybe my favorite sitcom. It's kind of it's kind of close. It's, uh, I, I don't know if I can say truthfully it's Martin anymore, but I think my favorite sitcom ever is, is The Office. I do. And so if I had to pick of all of the sitcoms that I could only watch, it would probably be The Office. Where your black card at? Because I want to take it, I wanna take it and, and like just put it somewhere. It put was it black shredded. people on The Office. Idris Elba was on The Office. We got my boy Stanley on The Office. Two people. And that ain't the point. They were there. They made an impact. Larry Wilmore, he helped create The Office and produced on The Office. There you go. Three black people. So I think that's my favorite show ever. Anyway, um, thank you all for joining us for this live stream edition of Jamel Hill is Unbothered. We had a couple technical glitches, but um, I think we basically survived. And speaking of survival, most importantly is that you survive this pandemic. Please listen to the public health officials. Um, don't start believing and floating all these wild ass conspiracy theories. You really do need to take care of yourself. You need to stay your ass at home. And I know it's not easy to do. And I know with human willpower, it can be a little bit weak, but you need to follow what they say. Socially distance yourselves, wash your hands, take care of yourself. Um, the more that we do that, the less action the government will feel they have to take because some people are not following directions. That is why these states have been forced to lock down. So if we get people to just follow simple directions, we'll be all good. Just remember, um, one infected person, one infected per person with coronavirus can infect up to 200 people. One person. That's why you need to stay your ass at home. And uh, for those, again, who are regular subscribers to Jamel Hill is Unbothered, this podcast will be available in the Spotify stream tomorrow afternoon, Tuesday afternoon-ish. We're thinking, give us some time to edit. Um, and do some other things, fancy it up, um, take out some of these pauses and make it sound real nice and pretty. And if you haven't subscribed, I need you to do so immediately. You can go to Spotify. You can download the podcast, subscribe to it. It's free. It's free. It's free. I feel like I need to say that several times. So make sure you do that. Um, before we get out of here, do you have any parting words for the crowd? No, I mean, like you said, be safe, you know, rest in peace to, you know, everyone that we lost, anyone who lost someone, we praying for y'all. And um, did we make it to 100,000? Did we? We gave a little yeah. short. Next time. If we Next made time. it to 100K, shoot us the screenshot. <laughs> like the D-Nice, so we can do the D-Nice. <laughs> yeah, make sure you do that. Uh, anyway, we're getting out of here and, um, you know, everybody stay safe again. And for those who are listening on the Spotify stream version, y'all know what's coming up next. Fuck it, I'm bothered.
As I tape this right now, the Senate is trying to hammer out a stimulus agreement that's supposed to help corporations, small businesses and the American people get through what is a very difficult time. Because right now, the American economy is in a total freefall and we have no idea when this might actually end. I know this is something that has to be done, but fuck it if I'm not bothered by the big, bright, glaring hypocrisy of the government bailing out these billion dollar corporations for the second time in the past 15 years. The previous time being the recession in 2008. Mm, Funny how nobody wants to bring up socialism now, huh? But here's my problem. See, when the shoe is on the other foot, i.e. when the poor, the working class, the blue collar folks, and even the middle class, when we're all struggling, what do they say to us when we have financial challenges, even if these challenges are something that they have brought upon us? Here's what they tell us. Why didn't you save more money? Why are you living above your means? You ordering coffee? You better order some water with your spin happy asses. See, we get lectured. We get told to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, especially if you're black. We get told we should have made better choices. We should have planned better. We get told we should have been smarter, prettier, thinner, more muscular, more educated, had better parents, went to a better school, lived in a better neighborhood, etc., etc. Ain't no sympathy for us. Let me clue y'all in on something. These corporations asking the government to bail them out, they aren't actually broke. In fact, far from it. They can pay their bills just fine, but they don't want to use their money to pay their bills and ride this shit out like the rest of us. They want to use our money and they want you to give them money with no promise they will actually do shit for the American worker. If the Republicans have it their way, they will hand these corporations billions of dollars without so much as a promise that they will increase wages or not fire or lay off people. One of my truly favorite parts about the proposed stimulus package, the one that originally got shot down, was that all of Donald Trump's hotels, some of which were struggling before the coronavirus, would also receive a bailout, millions and millions of dollars. And for six months, the Secretary of Treasury could hand out the money how he saw fit without having to say who he gave it to or for how much. Wait, hold up. I lied. Those two things weren't actually my favorite part of the bill. This was my favorite part of the bill. The Republicans were trying to slide on in there an extension of this abstinence education program that was set to expire in May. This is basically the political version of when you get a plus one up in VIP. And instead of just being happy, you got a plus one. You get greedy and decide, you know what? I'm going to try to get in 15 more homies. That's what this is. And not saying it doesn't happen all the time because the Democrats certainly pull that fast one as well. But what the Republicans were trying to do was even worse because what does abstinence education have to do with a stimulus package? What does that have to do with anything going on right now? But here's a fun fact. You can repeat this at parties. American corporations have a combined 1.67 trillion in cash on hand. That's right. I said trillion with a T trillion know how much money the average American family has in savings, $11,000. Now, Smokey, I ain't the smartest woman in the world, but that's a big damn difference. $1.67 trillion over here, $11,000 over here. So you tell me who needs $500 billion more, the family with 11 Gs in their savings or the corporations that have accumulated nearly $2 trillion. I'm just asking.
just asking. And yet our government is about to hand these corporations billions of dollars. For who? For what? When the government did this during the recession in 2008, a lot of corporations that were bailed out and that bailout, I'm using air quotes while saying it, they used that money, our money, to buy back their own stocks. They didn't bump wages or protect workers. They padded their pockets and made sure all the executives had amazing bonuses. So here's what I need from everyone listening right now. I need you to write this shit down and take a picture and pull that picture out during election time because many of our so-called legislators could give less than a fuck about us. And I'm not just talking about Republicans either. But what they do care about is keeping their job and their cushy lifestyle. So like I said, remember that. Stay healthy, stay safe, and as always, stay unbothered. Jamel Hill is Unbothered is produced by Spotify Studios and Unbothered Inc. and recorded and edited by Rich Burner and Cadence 13. Ashley Van Horn is our head of talent. Evan Dick is our executive producer. And Denise Holly is the program manager. Our theme music is provided by Corey Greenleaf and Ben Darwish. You can find more from me on Twitter and Instagram at Jamel Hill.